0: Good morning, everyone. I'm deeply grateful for this opportunity to spend some time with you this morning, sharing some of Gurudev's teachings that have resonated deeply with me, and to share some of the Highlights of Gurudev's life. So if we could, let us begin by closing the eyes. Turning our attention within. And focusing on the simple movement of our breath. And let us reflect, excuse me, on the sacredness of our breath as I share some of Gurudev's teachings that were so fundamental that he emphasized so often. Gurudev has written, that with his creation, God has entered into all beings through breath. We inhale and exhale night and day and are alive because of this breath. Breath permeates the body with living spirit. If the power of God, the indwelling self, were not pulling the breath from the fontanelle, then this body would be a dead body. So, from our birth, God has been with, and within us, breath is God's presence and the manifestation of God's love. Gurudev stressed, to love the breath is to love God and to love God in every breath is a form of continuous prayer. Living a life of breath consciousness is the true spirit of religion, Gurudev stressed, and the practical way to love God. From the scriptures, Gurudev often quoted Namo Brahmane, O oh God Absolute, we bow to thee. Namaste Vayu. O air, O breath, we bow to Thee. Thou art the directly perceptible manifestation of divinity. When Gurudev came to the West, he was asked, what is your religion? And Gurudev's simple answer was, my religion is the religion of breath. So let us feel the presence of God, the presence of Gurudev in every breath. To begin, let us chant Om together three times.
1: <clears throat> Oh, um. um. Let
0: us bow to God, to
1: Gurudev, to Guruji,
0: to our exalted lineage of Kriya Yoga Masters. And let us humbly bow to the living presence of God within us all.
1: Brahmanandam, Paramasukadam, Kaivalamgyana moorthim, Dvandhati itam, Triguna rahitam, Satgaruntam namami. Let me try that again. Brahmanandam, Paramasukadam, Kevalam Gyanamurthim, Lambatiitam, Gagana Shadrasham, Natwamasyadi Laksham, Ekam Nicham, Machalam, Salvadhi Shakshibutam trigunarahitam, Triguna Rahitam Satgurutam Nam Satguru One
0: who is the bliss of Brahman, and the bestower, of the highest joy, who is absolute and knowledge personified beyond duality, all pervasive like the sky, who is the object of the great Upanishadic statement, thou art that, who is one eternal, pure, steady, the witness, of all thoughts beyond all modifications of mind and body, and free from the three gunas. I bow to that Sadhguru. So this week we are on the eve of celebrating what would be Guru dev's, 114th birthday. Imagine, it seems like yesterday, but it was really 19 years ago that we had the last opportunity to be with Gurudev in his physical form in Miami. Time passes so quickly, particularly in the rear view mirror. But Gurudev used to constantly stress, waste time with none but God and time will not be wasted. So I want to share again some of these profound teachings. And I'd like to begin with reading a letter that Gurudev wrote on his, this was a message written by Gurudev on his 94th birthday, May 27th, 2001. Gurudev writes, my affectionate and divine souls, I am extremely happy to write this letter to you all. God is kind. God has given us the opportunity to change our life in love and purity. In my younger age, I read one verse in Sanskrit that translates to forgiveness, compassion, love, sweet and truthful talk, simplicity, humility and a serviceful attitude conquers the entire world. I have been practicing it in my whole life. Let me repeat that and reflect on this for a minute. Forgiveness, compassion, love, sweet and truthful talk. Simplicity, humility, and a serviceful attitude conquers the entire world. Continuing, years in seclusion and silence, deep meditation gave me divine experiences, I have dedicated my life for you all. My every breath is for your development. Love conquers everything. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu brought change in the life of numerous people through his divine love. Mahatma Gandhi conquered the heart of all through love. Practice the life of love in every breath. Do not allow any negative quality to come to your thought, word or activity. Remain always in truth. Do not think that I am far away, do not. I am very close to you all. My life is not for me, it is for you all. Now I am 94 years old. Still, I am helping people in every possible way. I do not know how long God will keep me in this body. I am loving God in every single breath and I am teaching that to you all. Meditate daily with deep devotion. You all take my heartfelt love and enjoy the blessings of God and gurus, humble, Harananda. The following year on his birthday was to be, as I said, our last year with Gurudev. It was a very beautiful program and Baba really made himself available to all at that time. It was kind of obvious, well not obvious in hindsight, but the Gurudev knew that his time to leave the body was at hand. You could, reflecting later, you could feel it. At that time, that year, he had been pulling back somewhat, was not so present to all as he had been. But for the birthday, he was really present. And it was really a beautiful program. Then came to pass that was the year that Gurudev would leave. So, another letter that I want to read, that I find very profound and very insightful, was written by Guruji on the ninth anniversary of Gurudev's Maha Samadhi. So that would have been 10 years ago in 2011. Guruji writes, loving and divine soul, On this special day, I am remembering all of you and praying to you all, to Gurudev and to God. Today is the Mahasamadhi of our beloved Gurudev. Already nine years have passed since he left his physical body. Guruji asks, Is Gurudev absent in your life or do you feel his presence? Why do I ask? It is to let you know that the Masters are always present. As is your attitude, so is your experience. If you think that Gurudev is no more, you will miss him. If you accept that the guru is always present within, then you will feel his presence. Gurus are not human beings, even though they come to us in human form. It is the duty of every spiritual seeker to establish a strong bond with a guru-perceptor, not with the physical or mortal frame, but with his immortal spirit and teachings. Guruji writes, it is my personal experience that Gurudev is always present. Along the spiritual journey, the presence of the guru perceptor makes the journey easy and enjoyable because he or she is well acquainted with the path as well as our strengths and weaknesses. The guru is the real strength and support on the spiritual journey. When we live in this world, we spend a lot of time acquiring and accumulating and protecting worldly possessions and worldly people. But these things are temporary. On the other hand, our loving relationship with God and gurus And this divine creation will enable us to live happy lives in God consciousness. The Guru Gita says, family traditions, wealth, strength, scriptural knowledge, even one's own relatives are useless at the time of death. The guru alone is the savior. Guruji writes, my loving and dear ones, it is my humble request to all of you that you do not waste precious time. Please follow the teachings of our beloved Gurudev. He, Gurudev, is looking from above and watching from within. Again, Gurudev is looking from above and watching from within. He is our real friend. He is our real strength. Through prayer and meditation, experience this relationship with him. Please meditate nicely. I bow to Gurudev in all of you with love, Pragyananda. So this point of feeling the presence of God within us and bowing was really brought home to a deeper level for me last weekend. My wife and I, Judy, had the opportunity to go to Seattle, where the fifth ashram in America was opened the <clears throat> Temple of Meditation, through the sincere efforts, through the grace of God and the masters, and the really sincere effort of the beautiful Kriyavans of Seattle. This really beautiful ashram now has come online, you might say. And Guruji was there to, for the inauguration of the ashram. And as you know, Guruji's in silence, but he would come into the room and he would communicate, he has a little kind of tablet that he communicates, and he would write Particularly at the end, he would say, I bow to the presence of God and the presence of Gurudev within you all, which is something he always said. But at this time, after he said this, he actually got down and bowed to the crowd in the meditation hall. And it was a, it was you could really perceive that he was really perceiving the presence of God and the presence of Gurudev within all. So it was profound. So there is something for us all to reflect on. Gurudev is looking on from above and watching from within that we should really feel his presence within At the, in Gurudev's last days, there was a beautiful couple, the Goldmans, David and Charlotte were living in the ashram and were caretaking and attending to Baba's needs. And one time I had a conversation with Charlotte and she said she had talked to Gurudev and said to Gurudev, after you leave your body, where will you be? And Gurudev said, from that place where God is pulling the breath, there I will be. So we can reflect on this, that this breath is the breath of God and the breath of Gurudev. So Gurudev was truly a profound individual. So these are some of the highlights of Gurudev's life. Gurudev was born May 27th, 1907, on the full moon day, Guru Purnima, which was also Buddha's birthday. These things are not coincidence, and I've always personally felt a really beautiful connection with the teachings of the Buddha, and then feeling that kind of confirmed to me the, this relationship of Gurudev being born on the full moon day, the same day as the Buddha. He was born in this hamlet of Habipur, which is on the bank of the sacred river Ganges, Ganges, in the district of Nadia, West Bengal, a few centimeters from the birthplace of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He was given the name Rabindranath and the family name was Bhattacharjee. He was the 10th of 11 children and his father, Haripada Bhattacharjee was a very devout, as I understand, orthodox Brahmin, And he was a, uh, so it was a, an aristocratic family that Gurudev was born into, and his father, as I said, was very sincere, very devout, very strict with his spiritual practice, but he was also a very good astrologer, and he cast Gurudev's chart at birth, and he could see that Gurudev was destined to be a great spiritual being that he eventually would be, become a monk. His, uh, and so trained him, started to train him accordingly for that life. This was something that he never shared with his mother, Nabankali Devi, because a monk's life can be very difficult and it would have, he felt, upset the mother. So he chose not to share that or share it with Uh, Gurudev as well, but anyway, Gurudev was really a uh, precocious, gifted child. At the age of two and a half, Gurudev used to sit by his father as his father did these long, elaborate pujas. Imagine, two and a half years old, and Gurudev has said that... uh, when he got restless, his father would give him a little piece of sugar cane that he would then chew and the sweetness would calm him down. And imagine a child of two and a half being able to sit for hours apparently, but Gurudev did. And by the age of four, Gurudev had, they said, uncommon brain power. And by the age of four, he had memorized all these intricate mantras. He was blessed, as they say, with an uncommon brain power. So this was Gurudev's early life. I remember him telling me at one point when I was with him that he had, I think he said by the age of eight or nine, he had memorized the principal Upanishads. There are stories of Gurudev being in school and the teacher asking a question on from something from some textbook that they had. And Gurudev could not only recite the answer as well as exactly as it was in the book, but also give the page number. So he clearly had, as they say, a mind like a mirror and a tremendous Tremendous brain power. At the age of 11 now, Gurudev took the vow of Brahmacharya, which is part of the, as I understand, the thread ceremony of the Brahmins. At the age of 12, he went to, uh, as I understand it, one of his older brothers and his sister-in-law were disciples of... um, Sri Bijaya Krishna Chattopadhyaya, who was a householder, realized master in Haura on the west side of Kolkata, and took initiation into the path of Jnana Yoga. And Gurudev had a very beautiful relationship with Sri Bijaya Krishna. Gurudev excelled in both secular and uh, spiritual education. And he eventually became a textile engineer, which was kind of a booming uh, career path at that time. And he became a real asset for the company. Apparently there's a story. So where am I getting this knowledge just to share for you all and those of you who choose to follow up, because these are really beautiful sources of inspiration, is River of Compassion, the life of Paramahamsa Hariharananda, At Thy Feet, which is, all Guruji's books are profound, but this one I find really profound. It's like Guruji was just channeling Gurudev's words in this book. This is the story of Gurudev's life in Puri, and it's really a really profound, beautiful book. And another book is The Divine Quest. These are really beautiful sources of teachings and uh, insight. And then, of course, This treasure, Kriya Yoga, the the scientific process of soul culture and the essence of all religions. So, to continue, Gurudev is working for this textile company in Kolkata, I believe, and they have this machine that they get probably from Europe, as I understand it, and for some reason, they can't get it to work. So there's, you know, real frustration in the company, as you can imagine, they've invested a lot of money, and this machine, they can't get to work. So Gurudev decides that he will take a look at it, and just through his patience, his intelligence, he sets about (laughs) figuring out this machine, and lo and behold, Gurudev gets it to work, which really impresses his superiors as in the company, as you might imagine. So this was Gurudev in both the secular and spiritual realm. He really excels. So now, at the age, he's at the age of 25 and he has been going to Sri Bijoy Krishna, whom he loved very deeply, but he had the deep, desire to experience Nervakopal Samadhi. And Sri, I believe he meant to joy Krishna with this desire. And Sri bejoy Krishna told him, as I understand again, just reflecting from my reading, that he was not the one who would give this to Gurudev. And suggested, suggested, advised him, directed him to go and see Sri Yukteswar. So in 1932, Gurudev goes to the Sarampur Ashram to meet Sri Yukteswar. And Gurudev, so <clears throat> Gurudev goes to the ashram and he kind of heard stories that Sri Yukteswar could be very strict, and um, so he spoke to his attendant and he said, well, can I see him? And his attendant Prabhuji, uh, Swami Nirayangiri, said, well, go ahead, we'll see. <laughs> so Gurudev, takes up his courage, and goes and stands at the door, and he sees Sri Yukteswar sitting in Shambhavi mudra. And so Gurudev sort of stands politely at the door, and Sri Yukteswar drops his eyes, looks at Gurudev, and then raises his eyes back into Shambhavi mudra. And this is Gurudev then takes this as Sri Yukteswar's accepting or invitation, allowing him to come into the room. Gurudev then approaches him with extreme reverence and respect, bows, touching his feet, both feet, here at the soul center. Story goes then that Sri Yukteswar bent down and picked him up. And I believe, perhaps if I'm reading correctly, kissed him on the forehead and then had a dialogue with Gurudev. As it turned out, Sri Yukteswar had relatives who lived in Habipur and he um, had been to... Habipur on several occasions, and was aware of Gurudev's father, although he had never met him. He asked Gurudev if he knew anything about astrology, and Gurudev humbly said yes. He had been instructed in astrology by his father, and knew his chart. So Sri Yukteswar had Gurudev write out his chart, which then he could see that he had, in his future, that he would become a sannyasi, a monk. And Sri Yukteswar told Gurudev that, and Gurudev was confused. And he said, you know, my father did my chart and he never told me anything that I would be a monk. And Sri Yukteswar smiled. And he said, the reason your father didn't tell you, you would be a monk, he said, it is the nature of the human mind. If you are told one thing, that there's a tendency to do something else. So this was Sri Yukteswar's explanation as to why his father didn't tell him. Anyway, it's very beautiful. Gurudev writes about his relationship with Sri Yukteswar. This is from The Divine Quest. Gurudev writes, when I was staying with Swami Sri Yukteswarji, who was very strict and tough, I saw that my humbleness and serviceful attitude brought me closer to him. I served him physically and took care of his needs. I was with him the last few years before his departure, although it was an association of more than three years from 1932 to 1936, I went every weekend and served him in such a humble way and was so attentive to his teachings that he was really a kind and compassionate father towards me. Many disciples were scared of him. The relationship depends upon a disciple's approach to the teacher. This is something we all might reflect on. The relationship of the guru disciple depends upon the disciple's approach to the teacher. A student should be inwardly content. An attitude of expectation. Why isn't he teaching me more? He should teach me more. Creates a barrier in the student teacher relationship. Gurudev writes, live a life of humbleness, service, prayer and learning And you will get a lot from your teacher, from your master. So this was Gurudev's relationship with Sri Yukteswar. And this, the monk, Sri Yukteswarji's attendant, Swami Narayan, said later, you have created a miracle. And Gurudev said, what is that? He said, prior to, he said, you have changed Swami Sri Yukteswar's disposition. He's become much more kind of relaxed, more joyful in a way that none had seen. Gurudev had said that Sri Yukteswar missed Yogananda. And that when Gurudev came to him, He could see the divinity with Gurudev, the sincerity of Gurudev, the destiny and potential of Gurudev, and it gave him great joy. So very profound, very beautiful. As fate would have it, Paramahamsa Yogananda came to India in Returned to India in 1935. And at Gurudev, or Guruji, Guruji, I'm sorry, Gurudev had heard about his ability to go into couple samadhi. And he really had the desire to witness this. And he also was interested in taking uh, initiation into higher kriya. He had been meditating very seriously, and spending time in Sri Yukteswar's presence. And Sri Yukteswar suggested, recommended, that Gurudev go to see Yogananda. Where am I here? I'm sorry. So, he goes to see Yogananda, and Yogananda has an audience with Yogananda to meet and take initiation. But before initiation, it was an interesting dialogue that they had. I'll just kind of cut to the essence of it. Paramahamsa Yogananda asked him, first, he asked him, What will just by just seeing me go into that state isn't going to do much for you, he said. He said, How many hours, he said, are you prepared to devote for spiritual practice? Gurudev replied that it was not a matter of hours, days or years. In order to gain the contact of such a great power, he was prepared to sacrifice his whole life. and spiritual practice in a a hermitage, and he had taken a vow of lifelong service and dedication for this purpose." So that was clearly the appropriate and fitting answer. Yoganandaji was pleased, and I believe the next day initiated him, did show him ji went into that state of nerva samadhi in Gurudev's presence, which Gurudev writes was really a profound experience. The next day, then, he initiated Gurudev into second, second Kriya. After that, Gurudev writes, Yogananda embraced him, then touched Gurudev's head, I'm sorry, and said that one day he would awaken the supreme power through spiritual practice and Gurudev would attain the superhuman state. And those words certainly came to pass. So in 1936, Sri Yukteswar had his Mahasamadhi. Finally, in 1938, through a kind of a interesting sequence of events, Gurudev decides that he will um, go to Puri. It's actually a really, this just to share this with, I've always found this profound, the invisible hand at play. Gurudev was working in Calcutta, and he had a friend, an associate, they had gone to school together, and they were both working in this company, and they shared a house. I believe it might have been owned by the company. Anyway, this friend of Gurudev's decided that he wanted to get married, and what could he do? It was very expensive. Where could he live? And Gurudev said, well, he said, you know, marry, and you and your wife can live in the house, the three of us can live together until you are in a position that you can get your own house. So this new bride comes and live with them. And after a short time, this young woman starts to become somewhat enamored with Gurudev. Gurudev was very aristocratic, very extremely beautiful, personality, clearly, and a handsome young man. And Gurudev sort of got a sense of this, and thought, oh, oh, this could be potentially a real problem. And so, his next, how to solve this, Gurudev was always proactive, not reactive. So he thought, this might be a good time for me to go to Puri. So imagine, as a result of that, he then goes to Puri. Now, here's a beautiful story. He sends a friend before he goes to Puri uh, with the uh, with the goal of getting Gurudev a place to stay. Gurudev wasn't going to move into the ashram directly. He wanted to live close to, and then he would commute. Gurudev was very pragmatic, and he slowly transitioned from one phase into another. So his friend goes to Puri, goes to the ashram, and he's walking down this lane toward the ashram, and he comes upon what he describes as an elderly monk. And the monk is very friendly, and you know, hello, young man, uh, what are you doing here? And you know, the conversation is such as, well, I'm looking to acquire a home, uh, rent a, an apartment, a home for a uh, a friend of mine. And the monk said, you know, right down there, there's a uh, there's a uh, a home, an apartment uh, that's available that I think might uh, suit your friend's needs very well. So the guy, this friend thinks, oh, well, thank you, that's a good tip. Goes, proceeds to rent the place, telegrams Gurudev, Baba, that he has a place. Baba then packs up and comes to Puri. He arrives in Puri on June 12th which is the full moon day. And he goes to the home that his friend had rented. And uh, as the story goes, I'm not quite sure how close to him moving in, Gurudev and the young man go up onto the roof. And from the roof, they can see the, as they say, the campus the grounds of Karar ashram. And who do they see walking on the campus grounds? But Gurudev is stunned. It's Sri Yukteswar, who had left his body two years previously. And Gurudev looks and says to his companion, look, look, do you see that monk on the, at the ashram? And his companion said, oh, yes, 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 that's the monk that told me that this would be an appropriate apartment for you to rent. And Gurudev said, that is my Guruji, Sri Yukteswar. And his friends looked at him and said, didn't you tell me your Guruji left his body two years ago? And Gurudev said, yes. And apparently his friend that just turned ashen and said, ghost, and (laughs) and fainted. And then Gurudev writes, it took a little time to revive him. But imagine, there's Guru Sri Yukteswar, blessing Gurudev. Then Gurudev, this was in June, Gurudev didn't actually enter the ashram until December, of that year, and I don't have time to continue, but I recommend to all, particularly in this book, and in this book, tells the story of how Gurudev transitioned into life in the ashram. And I'll only say it was, Gurudev went from luxury and uh, affluence to a very, very demanding life in the ashram. So, that could, might be the topic for another another time. But just suffice to say, just to kind of wrap this up, Gurudev says that uh, <clears throat> Sri Yukteswar had left his body and was not immediately present. Paramahamsa Yogananda had gone back to America. Swami Satyananda apparently was who really was in charge of Karar Ashram, was spending his time, most of his time in South India. And the monk, resident monk, Swami Savananda was a very short-tempered and very difficult monk who Gurudev said who was not going to be much help to him. So Gurudev, once again, being proactive, decided, I have come here to meditate. I have come here to realize, God, I will take charge of my own destiny. So Gurudev made a timetable and set about going through the process to become realized, which he finally attained, I'm really cutting this short, in 1948. Gurudev then continued to meditate, and after 1948, Gurudev could go into couple samadhi at will. Such was the state of his attainment. So Gurudev had the darshan of Babaji in 1949, Guruji had the darshan of Divine Mother Kali on September 27th, 1958, and both of them instructed Gurudev that he should take his spiritual treasure and share it with creation. From 1960 to 73, Gurudev traveled all throughout India. And finally, in 1974, at the age of 67, Gurudev was finally persuaded to leave India and to bring this beautiful gift of Kriya Yoga to the West. And the last teaching before we have a short meditation that I want to share is really profound and fundamental. It comes from the kriya yoga book gurudev and guruji talk about spirituality is something we earn something we earn through our own effort and gurudev writes we are born for self realization the god consciousness in us think of God constantly. No matter what you are doing, practice makes man perfect. An ounce of practice is worth a ton of theories. Theory will take a devotee outside, while practice will take him inside. Theory will make an individual restless and selfish. Practice will give him inner peace and liberation from ego. Practice, practice, practice in order to feel the presence of God in every breath, in every sound you hear in everything you see, in every thought that comes to your mind, even in the breathless state. Here's a difficult direction directive. Feel the presence of God as much in your enemy as in your friend. Remain firmly anchored in the Divine Omnipresent, the Divine Omniscient, the Divine Omnipotent, even when you are occupied in worldly activities. So in the spirit of that, I've perhaps spoken a little longer than I might have, but easy to get carried away talking about this profound instrument of God that came to the West and brought this tremendous gift of Kriya Yoga to us all, that planted the seed that started to grow, that then gave us our beautiful beyond imagination, current master, who Gurudev said, when my breath starts, his breath will continue. It will be the breath of Hariharananda. He will complete what I have started. So we are blessed beyond measure with this gift. And the essence of this gift, Baba in his last years did constantly was he'd knock himself on the head, stay in the fontanelle, and watch the breath. This is so primary to our practice. So for a few minutes, let us just close the eyes. And let's take just six long slow, deep inhalations, breathing in through our breath, feeling the love of Gurudev with the inhalation, exhaling, feeling the peace of the presence of Gurudev within. Please inhale, love. Hold, exhale,
1: peace. Inhale, love.
0: Hold, exhale, peace. Inhale, love. Exhale, peace. Inhale, love. Exhale, peace. Inhale, love. Exhale, peace. Inhale, love. Exhale, peace normal conscious breathing. Feeling the presence of Gurudev, looking on from above, watching from within.
1: In every breath, Om Gurudev, Om Gurudev, Om Gurudev. Mata, chapita to mai va vidya dravinam Tvameva. sarvam mama deva, deva.
0: O Gurudev, you are my mother. You are my father. You are my companion. You are my friend. You are my wisdom. You are my wealth and treasure. You are everything to me. O oh, my Sadguru. May the blessings of God and the Masters, the blessings of Gurudev be upon us all. Thank you for the opportunity to share the teachings and a little of the life. of our beautiful Gurudev.
1: Thank you, Om Shantihi, Om Shantihi, Om Shantihi, Amen.
0: Think of Gurudev, pray to Gurudev, celebrate the 114 years, of this beautiful incarnation of god thank you all so much